All right, draft 412. We are talking Pittsburgh Steelers. It's been a while. Um, the draft has came and gone. The free agency has come and gone. Uh, training camp is right around the corner, guys. Summer is flying fast. Uh, we are sponsored by Primanis, Um, And our fourth guy, Dave, isn't here because he's at Primanis right now eating a corned beef uh, sandwich with a pickle. He said, sorry, guys, but I, I got to go to Primanis tonight. We said, no problem, Dave. So, Dave, enjoy your sandwich. Guys, I can't believe how fast this summer's moving. It's sort of uh, the order I get, the more uh, life just flies by. Um, let's get right into the Steelers. Um, let's talk about the draft picks. We'll, we'll retouch some of these draft picks. Um, Joe, we'll start with you. What draft pick, draft picks even, do you think will make the biggest impression uh, this year with the Steelers in year one? Well, you know, I would hope that, you know, Broderick Jones would based on need, but I know that offensive tackles sometimes start slowly uh, and it's not always a, a, an easy go for them. And I think that, you know, the Steelers starters have been properly motivated to, you know, to offer some level of competition. So it's not just handed to them. Now, I do think and I've heard Emmett say this in the past, and I agree with him that he might not start the season, but you know you're hoping that by the end of the season he might be um, either in the rotation or starting at left tackle and getting him some seasoning there. But to your point, I mean, I think the the ones that I think are going to make the the greatest level of impact are Joey Porter Jr. That only makes sense. I think he's going to be playing a lot. He might not be starting, uh, but I think he will be playing a lot because it is in a, a position of need. Uh, I think we all know it. They went out and, and kind of remade the defensive back room, um, including looking at uh, at these corners. And you know, and I think Joey Porter, a lot is expected of him, and therefore I think they're gonna they're gonna kind of throw him to the wolves. I don't think they have much of a choice. So I think we're gonna see that uh, nearly right away. Uh, and the other one that I'm looking forward to seeing is Darnell Washington. Uh, I know that that sounds crazy that I'm talking about a second string tight end. Uh, but this is a guy that I think will bolster the run blocking on the offensive line on run plays. He's a freak of nature at his size and his ability. And I want to see him in the offense produce from a receiving perspective. And I think those are the two. I would say Porter and Washington are the ones that I want to see the most and the ones that I think will have uh, a greater level of impact because of the, the playing time that they should inherit uh, with the obvious choice being Broderick Jones, but I think that's one we might have to wait a few games to see. Emmett, um, he made some good points on on the, the first two draft picks, Jones and Porter. What do you think, um, if you look through the depth chart right now, one of the rookies that are in the starting position right now is uh, Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. What do, you, what do you think he could do this year for the Steelers? Well, that was going to be my answer to the, to the rookie that's going to have the biggest impact simply because defensive tackle has the, of, of all the positions drafted, has the shortest learning curve. That is pretty much as close to a plug and play position uh, as there is. It's okay, put your hand in the ground and hit somebody. Uh, and, and I think uh, he, he, can, he can figure that out pretty, pretty quickly. And uh, just to, his athletic ability, I, I think uh, he's going to be able to uh, probably work his way into the starting rotation before anyone else. Uh, and then in terms of actual set lines, uh, number of plays uh, on the field, I wouldn't be surprised if topping that list are Herbig and, and Trice. 
because those two guys look like, you know, I like the, what their potential down the road. But for this year, I think you're looking at two special teams mavens that they're going to be all over the, the field and you're going to see them involved uh, in so many tackles and so many plays on the special teams. And Emmett, we'll go to you on the second question here to, to, to feed off what you said. What position on the Steelers team right now, uh, depth chart wise, do you still think when you look at it, like we're still really slim um, and we, we may need, I mean, we still have a little bit of money under the cap. What I don't, I'm not sure about now after the big signing today of Alonzo Highsmith, we're, uh, where we're actually at, but what what do you um, what do you think with the um, the team yeah. and the chart right now? Well, Highsmith won't impact this year's cap. Uh, his his hit will start next year because uh, he's still got one more year on on his his rookie deal. That's so Alex that, Highsmith, by the way. My bad. That's uh that that that's uh, a uh, that that's not a concern. Um, I am still concerned about the safety position. I know they brought in a couple of veterans, but those guys seem, you know, they're box safety slash middle linebackers. Two, to me, the two thinnest positions is middle linebacker and safety. And these guys can kind of bounce back and forth, but I am not sure that they're ideal fits. And I am concerned that if there are any kind of injuries at those two positions, uh, it, it could, you know, uh, present exploitable holes. And Joe, feeding off what he said, I know we talked about this earlier. Um, are you happy with like the running back depth with Najee Harris and, and Jalen Warren? Do you think if 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 Harris would get hurt, like in? in training camp or preseason, and we just had Jalen Warren and Anthony McFarland. Do you think that we could go with something like that? Do you like the depth at running back, or do you think you think that's not a problem really right now? Oh, no, I think it's a real problem. Uh, I talked about it before. When you have backups like Jalen Warren, and nothing against Jalen, he looked great last year as a rookie, um, but the more exposure they get, the more they get exposed. Right. And I'm not certain that even though I think he's a better player than McFarlane, you know, neither of those guys can carry the role if Najee gets injured. And that's one of the more common afflictions that teams suffer is running back injury. Right. It's it's almost expected. And, you know, Najee played injured last year and there was nothing behind him. And we didn't do anything to really kind of address that issue. Warren might get better. You know, it looks like he put on some muscle in anticipation of, of, a, of a greater workload in the offseason. My sense is that we're still weak there, and I would I would love to have seen them either address that in the draft because I think McFarland is a special teams guy at best and hasn't proven value here uh, to date. I'm not sure why they would expect him to do it now. Uh, and then you know, with you know, if if Harris gets injured, I don't know if they could subsist on a you know a 20 carry load. If Jalen Warren can subsist on a 20 carry load, it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me. I would rather have, and maybe that's what they'll wait and see if there is a, an injury, maybe they go out and, and sign one of these guys that are just, you know, on the street and bring them in to be part of a rotation uh, like that. I mean, it's, I'm just not real sure that that's a position of any real depth behind Harris as it sits. And Emmett, what about um if Mason Cole gets hurt, where, where's that put the Steelers at the center position? Do you think they would uh, go into green or? And, and I've uh, I've expressed concern there, 
uh, that uh, he might be, he's not their best offensive lineman, he might be their most important offensive lineman, mm -hmm. uh, simply because if he goes down, you're going to have to go with someone who's just not good at the position, or you're going to have to weaken another position, like moving Daniels inside, um, and then you hurt your depth slash performance at guard. Uh, Mason Cole's value to this team, in my opinion, is so underrated uh, as to uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that they didn't address it in the draft. I know they had fewer picks and they really seemed to have guys that were too tempting to pass on as their board unfolded. But uh, I, I'm a little surprised that they didn't bring in some more insurance at that position. Joe, um, we're going to be heading out to Latrobe here probably in a couple weeks. Uh, the Steelers will be starting off Latrobe here in about two or three weeks. Um, who, who are you most looking forward to seeing and hearing about? And like, what, what, which player you really want to see if they, you know, they're making a comeback? Or, you know, is Deontay Johnson going to take it to the next step eventually? Or like, who's the player you really want to see make some, uh, make some headlines for us early? Well, well, there's a few. Uh, but if you're asking me to choose one, I think the most interesting signing they had in the offseason that's been underplayed is Hakeem Butler. Uh, I you know, love the signing. This is a guy that has a little bit of NFL experience, matured this past season with the St. Louis Battlehawks over at the XFL, uh, where he had 51 catches and almost 600 yards, eight touchdowns. Now, I realize that's the XFL, uh, but it's there, there are corollaries there, right? It is an adjacent league. Uh, and many of these guys that they've brought over, um, you know, and I say that writ large for the for the NFL, uh, you know, they, they've reached into uh, the, the XFL and started to pluck some of that talent back. It's almost sort of like a minor league system for them. Uh, and we'll see how it works. And I think when you get a guy that's six foot five, uh, has that kind of talent uh, and you're throwing him in here, I want to see what he can produce in in the uh, in the preseason. I want to see if he makes this team and if he does how he can contribute to it. And I think that would be the most interesting story, even though that might be the like the undercurrent story. Everybody's going to be looking at Broderick Jones and, you know, and JPZ Jr. Of course, they're going to be looking at that. But I think, you know, if I'm answering your question correctly, I have to say Hakeem Butler for me. And and I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to argue that point because um, we did some, I did some work about four years ago on Hakeem Butler coming out of Iowa state and the kid had potential. I mean, he was, I want to say he went in the fourth round, uh, Arizona. Um, yeah, like you said, six five. He, he had some. He had some big games at Iowa State. He just never seemed to find his uh, his footing in the NFL. I think that's a, that's a good story to look at there. What about you, Em? Is there somebody you really want to see if they're, you know, I mean, is there a player on a team that you want to see if they're they're going to make some strides this year, or a player you just want to see come out and hit somebody, or what do you want to see happen in the trail? I want to see if the Allen Robinson is the Allen Robinson from his early year or the decaying corpse of his career the last couple of years. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, because he is the early the, – people got to realize, if you don't, if you don't remember Allen Robinson early, go look at his stats his first couple seasons in the NFL. Um, huge numbers. Um, he sort of fell off the plank sort of early. He's not he's not a very, very old guy right now either. So I mean he's a guy that could still could still put up the numbers. So I, I agree with that point as well. Um is there any like 
Tanner Morgan was signed as a four-string cornerback. Is there anybody that you saw get signed as an an, un, uh, an undrafted free agent? Maybe that that I know there's that one uh, fullback people want to talk about all the time. And uh, is there really anybody though that you've? It's hard to really get a guy out there yet from just a rookie camp. But um, is there anybody you else, else like uh, like I know Corey Trice we talked about off the record too. Is that a guy that you really want to see how he could how he covers or you know is there Certain things like that. I know, I know it's hard to pick up on stuff from Latrobe, and like like uh, Joe said, you're going to see a lot of the headline stuff. You're going to see Broderick Jones one on ones or or uh, JPZ. But um, is there any any battles? Is there any battles that you want to look at? Any battles that you think could be won by by maybe somebody that ain't in the uh, starting lineup right now? Hmm. Wait a minute, you want this one, or you want me to get it? Well, the fact that I can't recall a single of their one of their undrafted free agents leads me to believe that there's no one I just know, I know Tanner Morgan off the head the quarterback from uh but he ain't gonna play he, he, he his his best chance is practice squad um I think the most to me anyway intriguing battles uh and this alludes back to, to Akeem Butler will be to the bottom of the receiving core uh you know who who's four, five, and six, uh, and you you know with with Butler, there are other big guys that will you know that are going to challenge him for the contested catch thing. Can for the first time in his career, can he play special teams uh, and get him over the hump and onto the roster? Uh, I to me that's that seems to be what the most intriguing uh, situation, barring injuries, is. Who will be the six guys on the roster opening weekend? And Joe, you mentioned Darnell Washington earlier. I just want to get your 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 view on this. I've had I've had read some things that uh, some people said he might not get a ton of playing time the first year. I know it's just fodder. People just writing to get clicks and stuff. But do you see Zach Gentry still being the backup, and then Washington just being like a weapon kind of guy, or do you think Gentry's days are numbered here? Well, as a Michigan guy, I hate to say it, but I think he's third string. Uh, I I was happy when they re-signed him. I thought that would take off of the draft board a need to address tight end. But I think when they traded back and, and Washington fell, that was almost like best available athlete at that point in the draft. And he, he was ridiculously under – I mean, to, for, for that to, – to him, for him to still be on the board – were shocking, and I and I think the Steelers were like, okay, we'll pluck them off the board, and we're going to throw them in there and make it work. And I think that he has as much talent as Gentry in terms of catching, if not more. And I think he's a better blocker than Gentry is. Nothing to say that Gentry shouldn't be on this team. There's a, there's always a need for goal line guys. There could be injuries. You need a guy that can step up, and he plays well when he has a chance to play. But he's a you know he's a backup tight end where where Washington can literally be a starter down the road. And and when you have two guys, you know, that you can play with, with, with Washington and prior move at the same time, I think that's really kind of sexy. And I'm, I, I am interested in, in seeing that, but I think Gentry's, he's going to be what he is. Right. And that'll be a, a backup, a solid backup tight end. Uh, and I think that it was surprising to see the Steelers have a shot at Washington and they, I don't blame them for taking it. I, I agree with that. And I, uh, Joe, we'll stick with you for this. You've already talked about the receiving core. Um, you talked about the tight ends, which we have. A, I mean, there's a lot of options on offense this year. There's no doubt. 
what is your opinion on what is Kenny Pickett's ceiling in your mind? Like, is he can he hit three thousand yards, twenty five touchdowns, or what's the ceiling in your mind of a perfect season for Kenny Pickett right now? Well, I think it needs to be an emergent season for the Steelers and for Pickett. Uh, year two, uh, I think he can move up that echelon into a top twelve kind of quarterback. Uh, that's what they expected when they drafted him in the first round. That's what he expects of himself. That's what the fan base expects of him. Uh, you know, does he have a ceiling? A uh, pre-draft, everybody was talking about how he reminded them of Kirk Cousins. Uh, is that what the Steeler fans want to see? You know, having Kirk Cousins. I don't. I don't think so. Nothing against Kirk. He does a, a fine job, and you know, and Minnesota's competitive, but. You know, Steeler fans and frankly, Pittsburgh wants more than that. We want Super Bowls. We want championships. That's what that's what we do here. And so Kenny's got to kind of prove that he can do that. And I think that, um, you know, he's got it in him, you know, and we'll see him you know, improve. I think we saw improvement from the first, you know, game, first six or seven games, to the last six or seven games uh, when he was a starter. And, you know, he's got weapons around him now. I mean, Emmett mentioned, um, can Allen Robinson reemerge? I mean, that will be a great story. The return of Calvin Austin to add speed and gadgetry to that offense. If Deontay Johnson can hold on to the ball and, you know, finish routes, you know, can he, can they develop a relationship like Pickens and Pickett had last year and the and continued development of Pickens? You know, I think that's that'll determine some things. And I think what will really, really help this guy is if the offensive line produces and it's not always Kenny having to run around and, and escape and throw it or any, you know, this is his second year. If that offensive line is better and I mean markedly better and we have a better running game and I think all those things time to time come together, it's going to be easier for him to, to manifest that talent that we all know he has. It's just a matter of, you know, does he get there in year two or get there in year three? I think we'll see a lot of that emerge in year three. And I think 3000 yards and 25 touchdowns is very plausible. Uh, and I think that in some de to some degree is necessary to say, hey, we've seen we've seen growth in a guy that we invested a first round draft pick in. And this is going to be our franchise guy moving forward. Emmett, we're going to go to you next before Dave calls in the hotline, because I know he's, his ears are ringing right now because we're talking about his boy. But what do you what do you think? And I know you're you're uh, not that you've been hard on Kenny. And I know you and Dave go back and forth because you bring Dave back to real, realis realistic terms. So what do you think? You know Dave's going to listen to this. So what's your, yeah. uh, what's your take well, on this? Well, we've now come to the I hate Emmett Man portion of the podcast. But, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, everyone I know and love in Pittsburgh will dis disown me and disavow me by the, by the end of this segment. Uh, listen, Kenny Pickett is a good NFL quarterback. Is he top 10? No. Is he top 16? He's probably close to that. Uh, I think that's fair. I think the Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr uh, comparisons are adequate. Do I think 3,025 TDs is possible? Yeah, I think that's within the realm of possibility, uh, simply because there is going to be growth. The game will slow down for him somewhat. But again, I, I hearken back to what the last time this topic came up in terms of expectations for a huge leap is historically not in the cards. Those leaps usually happen between 21 and 23. And I believe that happened at Pitt where he put it all together 
and took his game to a whole new level. Uh, his ceiling, I, I think he's pretty close to it. I, I, I think his ceiling and his floor are probably about that far apart. Uh, uh, and I, again, sorry to be the bad guy. No, I'm not sorry to be the bad guy. I love being the bad guy. Uh, I would remember people go back and look at the games after the bye week and look at the teams they played and where they ended up in the draft order. They drove down Tomato Can Alley the back half uh, of, of last season. And that has to be taken into consideration. But, you know, there's this segment of Steeler fandom that if you utter any kind of criticism, no matter how mild, you know, especially if you're the guy that covers Penn State, oh, that must be, you're, you're just a hater. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. I, I mentioned this around the holidays towards the end of the season. I cannot recall an athlete in Pittsburgh this polarizing. The guys, you know, anytime uh, he makes a, an interception, whether it's his fault or not, it's this guy's a bum, he's a bust, they wasted a first-round pick, which is absurd. And then on the other hand, when, they, when he does make a mistake, especially of his own doing, it's like, well, you know, a cloud came across the sky as he was letting go of the ball. And the defensive end had too much eye black on. And the wind shifted by three degrees and two miles an hour. It seems like there's nobody in the middle that's willing to be objective with this guy. Yeah, that's a great point because I have seen um, – if you're, if you're on Facebook during a Steeler game, you see the up or the down of it. You don't see a guy just saying, man, it, just, it happens. But I remember last year, I think the first interception he threw was um, a receiver – Either I think a receiver fell down on his first interception through the year. The guy fell down through the interception, and all right, something happens. But um, there was a lot of excuses made, and like you said, there's a lot of people saying what it's what a horrible draft pick. Which there, there's a middle ground, people. It's not it's not that bad. It wasn't that good. Um, to finish this off, Joe and Emmett. Joe, we'll start with you. Will the play calling you think this year with all the different weaponry that they got? You already mentioned Calvin Austin. The, the big tight ends, uh, a better offensive line, hopefully, at least on paper. Do you think that the – I'm not going to say the play calling was bad, but do you think the play calling will open up? Do you think it will be still a lot of them little quick slot passes and you think they'll open up the offense a little bit more this year? Uh, well, JT, it has to, right, uh, in, in a variety of, of ways. I mean, first is there's more talent on the field now. Uh, their offense more there'll be more expectation uh, on on this team to score more and it's just not going to be left to the defense to win games and to Emmett's point about the potential of, of Kenny's growth they need to see that right and he's going to have to throw it down the field uh, and they you know with a guy like Austin who can take the cover off a team even though they might not be targeting him a guy that has Pickens's capabilities to win those combat catches with the you know, the reemergence potentially of, of an Allen Robinson as a guy who's going to bring veteran leadership and possession receiver skills. If Deontay Johnson can kind of figure it out and, and just level, you know, level set and be that guy without it being like temperamental where he's really good and really bad at the same time. And then with the additions of a healthy Friar Muth and a Washington and, you know, even a Hakeem Butler or somebody that we see, you know, come out of that group, I, there should be weaponry there as long. And frankly, too, I mean, with a, an improved offensive line, 
you know, with some of those those signings that we made and draft picks that we made, we should be able to gain more on the ground. Um, it's just natural, if not logical, to think that, yeah, you know, that that route tree is going to change, play calling is going to change, and they're going to have a lot more offensive plays as a result. And the hopes is, is that as Kenny, as Kenny gets better, I, I remember Steve Young about 15 years ago on one of the shows on ESPN described a quarterback as growing every 20 games. He said if for him, experiencing 20 game growth was like a cycle for him. And, and Emmett might have might have been right on the head about Kenny figuring that in his last year at Pitt, you know, and he'll experience his 20th game halfway through this season uh, or two thirds of the way through the season. And he should make another jump up. He needs to make another jump up. And I think that will keep the offense on the field more uh, and provide them with the opportunities to to do things that they couldn't do last year because they were playing with a rookie or they were playing with a guy like Mitch Trubisky, who was his first year in the system. And they didn't, they didn't have the talent last year that they have this year. So I hope that answers your question. It, it did. And Emmett, do you agree with that? And do you think, um, you think the play oh, yeah. will, will open up? 100% what Joe said, it has to, uh, I mean, what was it? Was it the Bengals that said afterwards that said we knew what play was coming? Uh, yes. I mean, that, that cannot happen. And Mr. Canada is in the last year of his contract. And, uh, you know, he's coaching for his job because uh, they're not going to can Tomlin uh, if they don't make the playoffs. Uh, and there's uh, enough people already um, tailgating at Acroshore with pitchforks and, and torches waiting for the, the first three and out. Uh, so, they, you know, they, 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 they better uh, – open it up and be a lot more creative, try a lot more downfield stuff. Um, one of the things that kind of amuses me, you know, more Emmett man hate coming, is how many Steeler fans are pinning their hopes on Calvin Austin, uh, a fourth round pick that can't even get on half of the roller coasters at Kennywood. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the people are saying that he's going to be the linchpin of an improved Steelers offense. Uh, Calvin is Calvin's on my all Missouri team. Show me, brother. Show me. <laughs> I'll tell you what you gave good. You gave a, a little shout out to Jeter's at Kennywood. You know, he, he's, he's a little shorter than Jeter's. Um, guys, that was great talk. And as we get going with the uh, training camp at uh, at Latrobe, and we get more information on these guys' injuries and everything else. Are you still laughing at the uh, at the small? Well, so much for the invitation to the Shazier event a few weeks. <laughs> Calvin Austin will be seeking Emmett Man out on stage. I'll be there with my folded metal chair, and I will be hitting the back. <laughs> well, we know you're not running, Emmett. Yeah, that's true. All right. Hey, guys, thank you so much. Great Steeler talk. Um, and like I said, everybody listening to this, uh, look forward to some more Steeler talk. We're going to have some college football talk here coming soon. Uh, Penguins, Pirates, we keep it up with the draft and with the season starting for uh, the Steelers and then the Penguins right around the corner because time does not slow down, people. And we are always on the clock. Emmett, Joe, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your evenings. Good night.